Welcome to Camdeners, the official podcast for the Camden Clean Air Initiative with me, Jeffrey Young. In this podcast, we get to know and discover the lives of Camdeners, those special individuals shaping the unique and vibrant culture of the borough of Camden. Today, we're here in the studio with Councillor Adam Harrison, Cabinet Member for a Sustainable Camden. Welcome, Adam. Hi, Jeff. Good to be here. Great. Well, um, if you could tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, um, I've lived in Camden for, I think, 15 years now. Uh, moved here after university. Um, I originally grew up in the northwest of England in the beautiful city of Chester. Um, but yeah, I've been pretty much living, living and working here uh, the whole time since then. First of all, uh, uh, li- living in Bloomsbury, uh, and that's where I represent on the council. Fantastic. Well, what, what, what ultimately brought you down to London and actually to live in the borough? What was the job? I think... Um, I think uh, <laughs> I suppose at that time, it seems like such a long time ago now, um, pretty much everybody was moving to London. London seems to have a way of sucking people in uh, after after university and Camden was uh, the obvious place uh, to live. I did actually um, uh, live a year in Tower Hamlets as well before. So um, so I've lived in one other place in London, but pretty constant with Camden uh, most of the time. Excellent. Well, now Bloomsbury, um, literary, do you have any connections to the publishing industry? Not exactly. Um, I, I'm, I, I do work a, as an editor ah, alongside oh, uh, well. being a councillor, so um, I do have some some editorial connection. Um, so, but not exactly. But I do uh, I do enjoy the Bloomsbury Group and, and all of their their literature and artwork. So that that's been a nice connection to have as well. Fantastic. Well, you're a councillor and also especially cabinet member for Sustainable Camden. Um, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about becoming a councillor. What what made you? decide to actually, you know, embark upon becoming a councillor? Probably a few things, really. Um, I mean, it, it, it's in my hinterland, if you like. Uh, my dad was councillor when I was young, um, and apparently meeting was one of my early words, um, because uh, being a councillor involves a lot of meetings. And I've been a member of the Labour Party for, for a long time. Um, so I guess I was, I was always interested in it. Um, but then, um, you know, I've always, uh, you know, as a, especially, uh, you know, I, I think being a Labour member, I always want public services to to work really well for people, and it seemed like one of the best ways I could start to understand how to do that was to, to get involved myself and to uh, to stand for the council. And, and the opportunity came up at the time um, in two thousand and nine ten. So um, I was elected in twenty ten, uh, and, and and in London that the elections happen every four years. So 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 um, that opportunity uh, came up at that moment. Um, I was also actually quite keen to just to get to know other people in the local area and actually being a member so it's not not the, the most common way to do it but being a member of a political party is a way of getting to know um who's around and you often meet many interesting people through that and you certainly meet many interesting people through um the process of campaigning and then actually if you're lucky enough to get on the council uh, you, you get to meet so many so many people especially here in camden right so what, what's the process of becoming a councillor how does how does one go about it if, if they were silly enough to want to do that? <laughs> well, um, if, you, if you're standing for a party, you need to get chosen by by your political party. So you need to you need to be a member. Uh, once you join, um, you know you can. I think you can join through any national website. Uh, they'll then know you're in the area. Um, hopefully, some friendly local uh, party stalwart should um, get in touch and invite you to to local meetings. 
I think it varies between parties, uh, what the exact processes are or, and ha- how, how often uh, they meet locally. But certainly um, in, in Camden, the Labour Party has a very active uh, branch presence. So we meet uh, monthly as, as branches uh, in Bloomsbury and King's Cross. Uh, so the, the councillors come together with members and we, we talk about politics. And, and you know, it's huge interest in, in uh, local issues. Uh, if there's an election coming up, then you'll have the opportunity to put yourself forward and, and each party will have its own uh, local processes for choosing who who can go on to become a candidate. If you pass that stage, you then go before the um, the members in in the local area in the particular ward that you you want to stand in, uh, and uh, and uh, and they will they will generally have a vote on who they'd like to to be nominated. Um, after that, there's then some that's the party bit, and then after that, there's a formal process of which is the legal bit where you have to get. I think it's still. I think it's only ten electors um, per ward have to nominate you, and then you're you're able to stand for the council. That last stage is actually something the uh, Camden Council's um, democratic services uh, team are able to advise on. If anyone is interested in standing, especially not via uh, the party uh, political route, but they're available. And actually, um, they held a drop in quite recently on on how, how to stand as a, as a local councillor um, because we have uh, elections coming up next year, twenty twenty two. Right, and how many councillors get? elected into the borough of Camden? There's uh, actually 54 councillors uh, in Camden. It's three per ward, um, so quite a few. Um, we have just gone through a boundary review run by the um, Local Government uh, Boundary Commission for England. Uh, so uh, the, the ward boundaries are changing. They're not changing as radically as other boroughs. Quite a few London boroughs uh, are going through this at the moment. Um, but they are, they are altering. There's actually going to be 55 councillors from next year. They're giving us an extra one, which is interesting. Okay, let's talk boundary changing here. Um, why do boundaries get changed? Um, there are probably a number of reasons, but uh, one of the, the main ones I, that I, I do know about, which which was involved here, is if the population of a ward in, in a borough gets too large or too small, there, there are parameters, a bit like parliamentary constituencies, which often gets debated about. There are parameters that um, to agree that uh, a ward should have X number of uh, of electors in and in Camden, I think it's around eight to ten thousand. And I think I think my ward was actually one of the ones that dropped in population, partly because of changes to electoral registration. So we've got a lot of student halls in Bloomsbury, and, and uh, it used to be the case that um, the universities would would register the students automatically, which I didn't think was a bad thing because it enables people to, to vote easily. But the government changed that a few years ago, so that, so the numbers dropped there. But at the same time, just over the Euston Road from my ward, we have a ward called uh, St Pancras and Summerstown. And with the new King's Cross development that, that's, been, that's been coming forward, the population of that ward has been growing uh, very large. So, so there were kind of at least two triggers for this. Right. Well, and a, an exciting one as well. Um, yeah, one of the standout sort of new locations in the borough of Camden. So once you, um, you're on that list, getting elected, what does that entail? Yeah, well, then uh, generally you, um, you have to... Go make yourself known. Go and go door knocking. Uh, go and speak to residents. Introduce yourself. Um, the local party should be um, supporting you with, with some literature. So, so generally a card, you know, sort of a leaflet that uh, explains who you are and a bit about what you'd like to do. Um, and and yeah, that's um, that's the main way that, that I've always approached it. There are sometimes uh, local hustings events organised by perhaps uh, local community groups or, or residents associations where they bring. Um, candidates from the different parties together to to come along and and, and take questions for, from from residents. That must be a huge amount of time taken up by by this. I mean, you know, I, I know that there's a there's a wage associated and that's sort of publicly available. 
but it's not a lot and um, a lot of work involved. So it, it really must be a sort of, um, you, you must love it and you must yeah. really be yeah. into it to, to put that much, yeah. that much effort in. Yeah, and I mean, even just still talk about the canvas, even every time you, you go canvassing, it's so so interesting who, who, you, who you meet and especially if, you, if you're in a, uh, in a big group, it's great to have uh, local party members and volunteers coming out to, to support you as well as, as well as door knocking with, with other councillors. And, um, and it's just great, you know, because you always um, got stories about who you spoke to, what people said. And, and it's an important way as well, just of, of certainly about keeping in touch with, with local issues. People say, oh, you know, this thing needs fixing or what can we do about that? Um, have you got any advice? Um, and it's, it's an important conduit really, because um, there are so many times you meet people who, who have got a problem and they didn't know that there, there is a service available or you know, something wasn't connecting right. And, and um, uh, as a counsellor, you, you're, you're able to, to start to make those connections and help sort things out. Um, but also important just for keeping in, in touch with them. Um, yeah. So sometimes people want to talk about wider politics, not, not local. So also national politics or inter, you know, even international and European, that's, that's also very interesting and enjoyable to hear, hear, hear what people's views are. How does someone get in touch with their local councillor? Um, there's, there's a number of ways. Um, email is really popular these days, as, as you might imagine. So I certainly get a lot of emails and it's pretty efficient and quick and you start to sort things out quickly. Um, but uh, certainly telephone, certainly surgeries as well. So um, th- these are generally designated times each week or month in a perhaps a community centre or, or a library or somewhere where um, the residents can drop in. And, and this is all advertised and we've got posters uh, around the borough on the notice boards um, uh, saying when people can come and see us. Uh, in my ward in Bloomsbury, we also run roving surgeries, which is actually where we go to a particular block. We write ahead of time and say, we're, we're going to be here, <laughs> loitering somewhere in your hallway uh, as your local councillors. And if you'd like to come and, come and speak to us, then then that'd be great. I mean, what, one of the um, you know things about the pandemic has been that we haven't been able to run our surgeries in the same way, unfortunately. Um, so, so we've run a few uh, uh, recently, but we've been advised again not to not to hold them. So most of the contact is is email and telephone. And, and do you also run sort of virtual surgeries these days? Yeah, I've done that with, with residents, and yeah. So, and, and, I mean, actually, the the technology we've had, uh, which we well, I I perhaps didn't really know existed before the pandemic, has is, has is, made things really easy yeah. uh, to to stay in touch with people that way. Um, and it's good. It's good as long as it's a, a combination of things, really. So if you do everything virtually, then um, well, it's tiring. And you, you don't quite get quite the same contact. But as a, you know, when you're seeing people in real life as well, that that really matters. Great. Well, wonderful. So if someone want to get in touch with you personally, they can find the details on the Camden yeah. website. Yeah. If you ever want to uh, find your council, you can go on the Camden website and you can search by ward. Or if you're not sure which ward you're in, you can put your postcode in and, and it will tell you. Excellent. Wonderful. Turning to your focus of your role, cabinet member for a sustainable Camden. What what does that mean? What so what does that entail, and what are you trying to achieve here? Yeah, I mean, um, on the council, you have got like I say, fifty four uh, councillors all together, and uh, among them, you have a number who are uh, who are in the cabinet, and it's a bit like parliamentary model, really. So, um, which people may may be familiar with. So, um, so we have the leader of the council, who I guess is. A bit like prime minister who selects the cabinet and and as the cabinet members we have um responsibility for different portfolio areas so mine is sustainability but there's also uh responsibility for for housing or for community safety for example um so what that involves really is um heading up uh the the policy making side of things so uh we've got uh a number of strategies across the 
the kind of broad sustainability piece, which guide our work. We've got a, a, a Camden Clean Air Action Plan. We've got a, um, a Climate Action Plan. Uh, we've got a Camden Transport Strategy. And soon we'll have a, a new updated biodiversity strategy as well. Um, and the reason I mentioned those is because when, when we take formal decisions about, about whether to proceed with a, a particular project, uh, you know, to retrofit a building or, or to put in a new cycle lane, if it, we, we ground everything in, in our policy. Lots of our decisions are, are public and, 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 uh, and are available in that way. Some of them are taken in public, um, sometimes by the full cabinet at public cabinet meetings, which, which take place in the town hall. Um, so referring back to that policy, which we've devised um, in the recent past, is, is really important. Um, but then alongside that policymaking function, it's a question of um, uh, working with councillors uh, and hearing what their views are and trying to, uh, trying to get problems resolved on that sort of basis. And in a way, the, because it's an environment role, it's a bit like my experience as a ward councillor. So I was ward councillor for um, seven years before going into the cabinet. And you get a lot of environment questions all the time, <laughs> as you might understand, as you might imagine, in, especially in Camden, it's a very, very busy borough. Um, it's also got lots of residents who are very passionate about the environment and want us to, to do as much as we can. So um, looking after the environment for the whole borough, it sometimes feels a bit like being ward councillor for every yeah. year. <laughs> it's very interesting. And then, yeah, residents from across the borough find me and contact me and say, can you, can you help sort this out? And, you know, I was just emailed this week from somebody with a, a road safety concern on um, Royal College Street um, who, who I'd never come across before. They, they, they located me and we're already having a discussion about that. That's a big role <laughs> and it's a big borough. <laughs> yeah. What are the priorities for sustainability within the borough of Camden currently? What are, what are the areas that you're working on? Um, there's a number which are, and they're really interconnected as well. Um, one of the first big things I wanted to do on, in coming into the role actually in 2017 um, was to work on air quality because I'd had a perception as a ward councillor for, for seven years that uh, I think people's um, expectations changed about, uh, about air pollution. I think um, people are asking more and more, what can we actually do to sort this out and what's the council doing to, to address this? And I think there was a, uh, an expectation for, for more ambition and more, um, more action uh, from us. Um, so, uh, so early on, and especially as I start to look into the issue of air pollution in more detail, I started to um, see, see some ways forward which uh, culminated in uh, the council being, I think, the first authority in the country to say, actually, yes, we have these standards set by the, the EU and the UK, and the UK government, uh, but the World Health Organization says... Um, those standards are too weak. They they recommend more stringent standards. And w- once you know a bit more about air pollution, you you find out there's no safe level of particulate matter in particular. Then it, it doesn't particularly make sense to to aim for those sort of mediocre standards. So we said no. Actually, we're going to adopt the World Health Organization standards. And what that did, as well as being an important statement, it <clears throat> it galvanised a huge amount of uh, of action in, in 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 the form of a clean air partnership we set up, <clears throat> where we brought together people who are. Uh, who create the pollution as well as people that who are affected by it, and, and really most of us are in, are in are in both categories. And that so that included residents, businesses, uh, local organisation, council itself. Um, and we've been working towards and mapping our way towards WHO standards uh, by 2030. So it's still a long way off, and, and it's um, you know, there's a lot a lot going on in Camden. So there's a lot of sources of air pollution we need to uh, deal with. But um, but that really galvanised action. It galvanised action elsewhere. So I say. Many of these areas are related. We have, we were also at the time, um, drawing up a new transport strategy. So again, this is a really important document where we could, we point 
point back to and refer to when we're taking decisions to explain, um, you know, in a publicly justified way what we're doing. And and actually, you know, having said we we really need to clean up our air. Transport is a is a huge contributor to, to air pollution. Um, that that again, you know, uh, was was one of the supporting factors for what I think is an ambitious transport strategy, which is to change our roads to make them safer, to make them cleaner. Right, and it can be quite controversial because there's low traffic neighbourhoods. And um, that can be quite controversial because in one sense, the aim is to do good and to reduce pollution, but that some people will say that disturbs my neighborhood and I, I can't <laughs> get out of my street. Yeah. Or others might be saying, well, that just pushes the pollutions further further around. Is, is that something that you find? It's a difficult balancing act? Uh, yeah, those are the, certainly the worries that, that people have have about, about them. So yeah, I mean, it was a pandemic thing, really, low traffic neighborhoods. That, and that that label and, and that idea, but actually um, they've been around for a long time in lots of forms. So, so we calculated in Camden um, before the pandemic, there were 80, 80 kind of closures, or if, if you like, dotted around the borough, some of which have been been in place for a long, long time. Um, the um, the bridge at Regent's Park Road from between Chalk Farm and Primrose Hill uh, was closed in the oh. 70s, I think, I think following some, um, some fatalities there. Um, and so that's been in place a long time, and uh, you know, I don't think people in in Primrose Hill are asking for it to be reopened. And actually, it's an area yeah. where there are yeah. quite a few of those sorts of measures, which which are historic. And uh, over the years, people have been have been asking for, uh, you know, saying, um, you know, the the streets getting too busy um, and it's not safe. Um, so it was quite pandemic related. But one of the the really key things is that since the rise of the sat navs, the data from the Department for Transport shows that residential roads. Have been experienced huge rise, a really huge rise in um, in in traffic going down them, and often those roads are not not built for that volume of traffic. Um, they don't necessarily have some of the things you would have on a road to make it safer for vulnerable road users, so so zebra crossings or, or other ways to, to protect pedestrians. So it's actually not really what what we want for our, for our roads. We, we and overall, because we're trying to clean up our air and. Um, keep the roads safe. We'd rather people were, were, were traveling in different ways, um, so we want to minimise the amount of motor traffic. And and in our our overall transport strategy, it says we'd like to um, cut motor traffic by a quarter in the borough. Cycling, scootering, all these kind of things. Do you see more of that happening? Definitely, yeah. Uh, the, the data showing that that people are cycling in in greater numbers uh, than ever, and I think that's supported by the the infrastructure we've put in uh, over the last year and a half. We've trebled the Amount of segregated uh, cycle space in Camden—it's a huge achievement and a huge testament, really, uh, to people we've not talked about yet. But the officers of the council, so the officers are the the staff members of the council. And they're never sure why, why they're they're called officers. I think it must be a old civilian military thing or something. But but they've they've been working really hard to to make these really important infrastructure changes, which um, the government almost surprisingly at, at the time at the height of the pandemic was really keen for us to be providing uh, you know non motor travel ways for people to get around. They they were concerned about the as were we about the pressures on on public transport. But part of the things the thing about about travel in particular is that it kind of ticks so many boxes at the same time. So it was keeping people safe during COVID. If you can pe- keep um uh, your most vulnerable road users safe by putting in cycle lanes, um, pedestrian crossings, then you improve road safety. You also of course um contribute to um reducing ca- carbon emissions and improve air quality. So there's a lot going on in that space. What are the things that you'd like to achieve within sort of this sustainable agenda in Camden? What's your to-do list that you absolutely can't wait to make happen? 
I mean, overall, we're just really passionate about cleaning up the air, c- cutting carbon, and um, actually starting to work um, as visibly as we can on some of the areas of carbon emissions that aren't talked about as much, especially from buildings and which are, who are which are um, you know also great contributors to air pollution as well, and so some of the the heating systems and so on that do keep us all warm, but but are having an effect on the environment. But there's also something we've not particularly talked about yet. I, I did I mentioned briefly the the, the biodiversity strategy, which uh, should hopefully be uh, adopted soon. That's got some very uh, exciting prospects in. So we, what we want to do is build a what we're calling a nature recovery network within Camden. We're drawing on uh, a report that was done for the government actually about 11 years ago, uh, the Lawton report which was basically uh, had its heart the idea that nature needs to be connected, nature needs to be joined up, we need to be building corridors, uh, you know, wherever you are, but we're within Camden where we've got our our, our green spaces, we're, we're going to be looking at how, how we can do that and how we can, again, probably a lot about streets, how we can green our streets and, you know, help nature travel, help nature thrive. Um, because cities are, you know, are an opportunity for, for wildlife, they should be. Um, um, there are some really horrifying statistics about the nature uh, about the um uh the kind of um about wildlife in the countryside basically and how how poor it is in england in particular i think worse than other countries and actually cities can and should be uh, while that gets sorted out hopefully cities can and should be a haven for for different types of wildlife well i I would be certainly up for um arlington road to be completely (laughs) greenified and (laughs) well we're actually um sitting in a in a trial Low traffic neighbourhood here, which is being consulted on at the moment. Had some emails from residents, so there, there are there are mixed views, but there's quite a lot of support as well. And so, so we'll see with that that decision uh, soon. And but, but another thing we've really learned to do much better than in the past is where we are doing things like tri- trialling um, uh, low traffic measures. We're we're putting in trees and, and greening at the same time because um, it, it absolutely makes sense to do so if you're making those sorts of changes. And I think the public really, you know, really expect it these days. What do you love about, you know, being a Camden and living in the borough of Camden? Oh, um, I mean, it's such fantastic people, so passionate, who really care about the borough and and the wider world. And it's just, it's so diverse in all sorts of ways. Uh, so silly as the people, but, you know, the, the architecture, you walk down the street and the buildings are, uh, are so different, but um, but but not in a, a jarring way. It's just it's a, you can, you're always interested when you're walking through the borough of Camden. There's always something going on. So, yeah, love it. What a vibrant place we live in. Councillor Adam Harrison, thanks so much for joining us here today. Thanks very much. And that's all this week for Camdeners. Camdeners was recorded in Serendipity Studios in Arlington Road for the Camden Clean Air Initiative. Camden Town, in Camden Town.